Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhantu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepat, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Welcome back to Desperate Tune, everyone. This is Prince with a recap of last week's episode. So, last time on Desperate Tune, we saw the crew enter the Kingfisher Grotto. Miras spoke with the voice of one of his past incarnations and was recognized by Freya as the Shrine Builder, one of the original builders of temples in Uduasha. But Freya herself was not free from arcane influence, being under the spell of the Kingfisher, a vast bird-like monster perched on the throne behind her. Not only that, but she was accompanied by a court of ghosts, including one old king of Scotland that had possessed the crew's dear friend, Johannes. With uh, the crew surrounded by ghosts on all sides, and with the kingfisher perched on the throne behind Freya, Vickers called out Johannes for succumbing to ghost possession, and then strode forth to have a stern talking to with Freya, reaching out to the young woman that still was there beneath the surface. She managed to get through to Freya against all odds, and the young woman briefly wrested free of the god's influence, but not without a cost. Johannes, possessed by a ghost, turned towards Miraz and attacked him with a sword, striking a glancing blow across the head and knocking Miraz to the ground. Meanwhile, the ghosts, agitated, burst forth in an attempt to attack the crew, but Joan, having her wits about her, loaded up on electroplasmic ammo and shot Johannes down, driving out the ghost, though inflicting some injuries on the crew's poor hang glider. Finally, seeing all the chaos unfolding around them, Abbas stepped forth and in the cavern full of dangerous ghosts, deployed an ancient ritual to invoke the fire of Uduasha and bring true light, starlight into the cavern, the Kingfisher Grotto, to do to the ghosts what the well itself does, and have all of the ghosts fall straight into the fire. At least that was the plan. And uh, that is where we left off last week, and where we pick up this week, as Abbas hurls a ball of fire into the center of Kingfisher Grotto.
I think that what happens is that um, as you raise this, nearly all of the ghosts had actually, like, they, they were not, like, attacking, right? Because Freya had said, old, I would hear what this guest has to say, right? So the only ghost who chose to disregard her was the one who was already in the process of, like, taking over your Johannes. When you gather this flame in your arms, you see all of the ghosts suddenly move their heads in unison towards your hands, and their eyes like cloud over, uh, as if now no longer that like being animated by that intelligence. And then they all like I think the reason that you yelp and throw the fire away from you is that all of them are like literally like diving straight towards this fire in your hands. <laughs> Because they can't but do that. Like, they can't yeah. resist that, right? <laughs> but the flame is also, is not just, like, in the ghost field, and it's not just metaphysical, it is also physical. And so as you throw this fire away from you, it lights up this grotto now in a much more, like, a divine and powerful way than, like, the, the electroplasmic lantern that Miraz was using, right? And now you see the Kingfisher Grotto as it truly is, uh, which is across the floor littered with the bones of all of those people who have ever come here. Right? And it sets even these bones on fire. And Marion, who has had this haunted look in her eyes until now, finally recognizes what is going on around her. But rather than running away, which is the logical thing to do, finds herself trapped in this flame along with the Scottish revolutionaries. And I think, Abbas, what you realize you've done is that the way that you've tossed this fire means that you've consigned all of the Scovlanders who were here basically to a gruesome, fiery death because they are standing amongst these bones and... The bones are being consumed by this fire in the way that they're always like kind of like designed to because the chandlers also make their wax from the dead in some fashion. And I think the screams of the dead kind of like the, the dying, mm. both, the, both the dead and the dying, the ghosts and those soon to be ghosts are heard across the grotto. Uh, Johannes is uh, lying in a heap on the floor the ghost inside them also having, you know, disappeared because, you know, flame. But Johannes is now, like, has a gut full of bullets. Uh, I think I, they're not on the floor, actually. I think they're in Maud's arms, and Maud is just weeping. Yeah, I kind of want to protect from this, but I don't know if you have some idea. I mean, I was going to say, like, if is it even possible for... Can I... Am I in a position to resist this, or have I already just, uh, you know, traumatized? out? Yeah. If you trauma yeah. out, you usually can't resist. Yeah, I think got... that's the rule. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I will protect from it, and I, okay. it sort of chains into my next action. I think, which would be like the fire breaks out. There's this. There's this. You know, the ghosts being drawn into the fire. The people about to get trapped, oh, but the yeah. fire doesn't spread that quickly. Mm -hmm. And so Vickers will call out through the room, holding Freya's hands. She will. All right, nobody panic. Remember your fire oh. drills. Move in an organized fashion towards the nearest exit. Vickers is incredible. She's just a force of nature. 
Fire drills uh -huh. are a thing, okay? We practice them at the temple. Sure. Hopefully these people have practiced fire drills sure. too. And panicking yeah, helps okay. no one. So I'm, I'm resisting with resolve. I do take stress this time. These people mm -hmm. live in a refugee shanty town. I'm sure they have fire drills as well. Uh-huh. Because that's much of a bigger problem for them than it is for yeah. most people. Mostly, this is this is what you do when a fire breaks out. As long as everyone's calm and no one panics, yeah, people can absolutely. usually get out. So I am I am resisting by organizing people. And what I want to do, basically, what I want to accomplish is for the people who can move to pick up someone who can't move and in an orderly fashion yeah. go towards the I nearest think that, exit. Like, that should be a role, because I think what the resistance does is make sure that they don't all, like... Like the inferno doesn't like mm -hmm. just immediately get out of hand and like burn them down, right? What you've managed to do now is, uh, as you say, Absolutely. you've kind of organized them. You've knocked some sense into them. Um, Marion is also like kind of like barking these orders, coordinating with you. But you still have to like make sure mm -hmm. you get to you get out. Right? Mm -hmm. I will use command. I'm trying to think if there's a devil's bargain here. Okay, I, I might have a dose bargain to suggest, but like, let's make sure I have the scene. So you're trying to get people to basically organize themselves and get the fuck out, right? Yeah. Okay, my devil's bargain is that even though we're way under the surface, the smoke is rising up, and there's going to be a lot of attention on the other side as people are going to try oh. to help bring people out. So this is going to kind of like spread a bit. I'm not saying that the fire will spread, but like people will know that this so happened. We will take heat. Yeah, I find that perfectly yeah. acceptable. It makes it makes sense. It just I mean, makes sense in this situation. How much heat? We made a fire in two keys. Yeah, I think two makes sense. I two or think... three? Yeah, I think two two it makes sense. Two. Yep. Yeah. We are definitely yeah. taking a wanted level for this. You are again in a desperate position, but I think here, let's say that actually the desperate position is. Mm -hmm. You have to make this happen and also get Freya and Maud and Johannes all out, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ordering them too. Freya can move. Yeah, and well, I think that the desperation here is that, like, in the confusion, it's entirely possible that, like, you miss someone and someone's left behind. I think you're paying enough attention that it won't be mm -hmm. any of the named NPCs, right? But that's almost worse in that someone will, like, end up behind there and then like the blame will not like will fall on you right so mm -hmm. people will die yep and it yeah this you yeah you can do this right like you can absolutely okay and i have mm -hmm. a bonus dice from the devil's bargain from Heat. oh excellent i roll a six yeah it's fine i get everyone we see you mm -hmm. we see you and marion get everyone out uh maud is being helped with johannes by freya i think the two of them are like dragging uh, Joanna's out, like in like a like one like one sh one arm over each shoulder, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And like the one good thing is that like once you get out of the front yeah. door and you get out of the little hallway, uh, we had actually said that the main entrance is via boat. So at least once you get out there, it's not like the fire can really follow you yeah. until that. So like, yeah, we're in a wet cave. So. Uh, I will get all the PCs and NPCs out, and I think a, a bit of a character-defining moment here is that we see Vicar so busy coordinating people that she does not actually right. pick up Miraz personally, and yes. it hurts her because she really wants to. But I think we see him being carried out by some unnamed uh -huh. NPC. Oh, but before that happens, okay. Miraz mm -hmm. does something. Uh huh. Or the thing inside Miraz does something. Mm -hmm. Where's Freya's crown? It's somewhere on the ground among the bones. It's not on her head. Uh huh. I think Miraz. Hasn't needed to be helped out, or we'll we'll see. But like, mm -hmm. 
at least initially no one uh-huh. has gone to get him because he's got up and he kind of like so he's got his protective suit which does yep. protect against heat up to a point and he is going to like strike through the fire and pick right. up the crown okay i think you can do this do i need to do anything with that i think that the risk here is not harm from the heat the risk is just takes on that clock uh, because the spirit builder, spirit builder, wow, shrine builder is using you as a vessel, right? So it's like two ticks uh, on that mm-hmm. clock uh, is the risk, but then you can do it. Like, do you mean it's an action or like? No, a... I said, I, I, I figure it's an action. I think it's possible for you to not take these ticks. Okay, okay. that's what I was asking. That's what I was yep. asking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Position. Uh, risky standard. Risky standard. Hmm. Are there any other treasures here? Oh. Like I'm asking about desperate great yes. would probably be other treasures. I don't know if there are. I mean, there can be. I don't see why not. Let me think. So A, let's also establish that like uh, the god is also on fire, right? And like on divine fire, which is definitely mm-hmm. like hurting it. So let's say that actually it's possible for you to get some artifact of the kingfisher itself, right? Like as it is burning up, uh, some like like a feather that belongs to it that is imbued with its divine power. I want the pickaxe. <laughs> the pickaxe sure. that's lodged in its mouth. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean... Desperate great, I get the crown, the pickaxe. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. In that case, I can assist you and I shall. Uh-huh. uh-huh. As you just see, for some reason, your husband just like ambling along, just kind of like uh-huh. picking stuff off the ground, like, oh, nice pickaxe. Uh, mm-hmm. Rips it out of its mouth. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I will assist you, and I am assisting you simply by like seeing that you can move about on your own. This is the thing. Vickers obviously wants you to get out of here, but she also trusts yeah. you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. She also trusts you to have a plan, and so she is assisting by just directing someone to help you, I think. It's like, in uh, the middle of it, she cuts away, and she just goes to some random scoblander, like, um, just pick yeah. up the crown, hand it to him. Very good. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Yeah. So I am one stress away from traumaing. Board. Okay. Again, which would, which I and normally I think it would be really cool to trauma out in this situation. Yeah, but this would be a third um, but trauma. But that would put me at three yeah. trauma. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. So, so is there a devil's bargain? There a devil's bargain. Yes. Um, I think that you've realized in this moment that if you hadn't done all this, if you had just asked the kingfisher for help. It would have like completely cured your father. I don't think it makes sense because Miras didn't actually have a choice in mm. the opening of this. He was possessed by a ghost as he entered. Oh yeah, no, that's true. I'm sorry to push back no, against no, this fair. idea, but it's not really something that Miras can oh, regret because yeah, it was not. one of his past incarnations that walked in and was like, "Fuck yeah, you." Okay, no, that's fair. So, okay, let me think, because uh, I think a devil's bargain is important here. I think a devil's bargain here. Uh, would probably have to do with like the past life thing, right? Like about the uh, with the shrine builder and so mm-hmm. on. So mm-hmm. maybe something like you commit to coming down here and building something. Like the shrine builder impresses upon you subconsciously, right? And, like you have to come down here and you have to build something to the eternal one in this place, uh, and you have to do it as as soon as you are able. I love this because I feel like Miras would just justify it with like, oh yeah, oh yes, this place desperately needs renovation. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. This is a huge Indeed. hazard. Yeah, let's do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so two bonus dice then, an assist and the devil's bargain. And I'm prowling. I think yeah, that's that the uh, most obvious one. 
Yeah, nothing nothing else I think forks for walking around in the middle of a fire picking yeah. stuff up. You could try finesse, but I don't think yeah. I have a three and a two. Yeah, that's like zero dice. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, I think that like what happens Does it actually end up burning through my suit? I don't think it does because I think we've seen a lot of harm and I don't know that like because like any more harm that you take will just be like on top of the level three, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's interesting. I think that what happens is that it burns up your uh, mechanical hand. I think what you end up having to do is use the hand to pick something up. Oh, yes, of course. And, I mean, you've abused the hand a lot over the last, like, couple of hours, right? And mm-hmm. it, it just isn't able to, like, take the strain. And, like, it was a lot of work to make this happen, a lot of, like, rare components and all of this. Replacing the hand isn't going to be just as simple as building another one, right? Like, that's going to take a long time to, like, figure that out. But unfortunately, you realize that, like, either you keep the stuff or you keep the hand. And I think, you know, if you want to keep the hand, you can, but then you don't get the crown or the, the pickaxe. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I think the reason I don't, Miras didn't immediately just use the hand is that Shrine Builder kind of walks around. Uh, and then realizes that there's a hand and then kind of like laughs at it a bit and then kind of like uses it to pull something out and then just laughs at how easy it just builds yeah. at this ridiculous yes, construction indeed. that this current incarnation yeah. has created. And I think that's why I can't just build a new one. I think I, see, I'm impressed in my head. I don't know where the thought comes yes, from. Excellent. I think Miras, like the part of Miras that's in there is like, hmm, that was pretty, that was an awful design. What was I thinking? No, 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 no. Yeah. Secretly, yeah. I was also thinking this, but I didn't want to like make make even more shrine builder yes. influence. So I'm glad you came up with it. Um, I think this is an excellent yeah. consequence. And as you as you pick this up and like you see like, the scarblender who's there to help you, kind of like uh, helps you with it. I think they kind of like see you just drop this hand and look down, and they're they're like, "Wow, that looks actually pretty impressive, right?" But like just in that one moment, and then a step. Yeah, out. indeed. Very good. Very good. Okay. I think Miras is ready to kind of like be carried out now. It's like, yeah, ah. it's a, mm-hmm. that's also really interesting. Like, you know, purposeful movements and so on. And then. Dunk. Yeah, just absolutely. Yes. Okay. So what Victor <laughs> says is, what Victor says is, that crown, hand it there to Miras. No, my bad. Pick up the crown. Pick up Miras. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Very good. I think, uh, I think Joan is, is slow and leaving and will, uh, will, help carry Maras along with his girlfriend. And as we're doing that, I think she has a brief like reverie to the roof ball match where she led this kind of throng of people up to the dais where the, the snake was watching. Mm. And as soon as it looked at them, it kind of compelled them all to kneel. And they were powerless in the face of it, just as we would be powerless in the face of it now. Uh, since our god is gone, um, does it seem like the fire is enough of a distraction? Or perhaps it's letting us leave that we can actually make it out of this game? I think that in this moment, it seems like if you make it out now, you will not have destroyed it completely and it will remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the opportunity to leave because, well, Abbas spirit bombed the damn thing, but yeah. I think it will remember and it will 
act against you. And it will be, like, very weakened. Like, the reason that this is, is that, like, Miraz is gonna have to come back down, and when Miraz comes back down, Miraz is gonna find out that the god still exists in here. You could maybe take some action that, like, I think it is very close to being, like, um, weakened enough that it can't take any action against you for a very long time. That position is there, but you are, you'd have to still do something to make that happen. Oh, that is very tempting. I think, I think, that, I think we have to do it. Yeah, sure. And, like, then you could add murdering a god to your resume, so. <laughs> or being yes. murdered by a god, we'll see. Or that, yeah. Yes, kill it, kill it. You are, you are the most competent person in this crew. <laughs> Kill it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Joan is going to let Miras set him down again, let, let the scoff down to deal with him, and she's going to walk to the god. As you do, we see Marion kind of like come with you, and she says, I'm to bury this fucking thing. Mm hmm. Because she's also been, like, completely, like, taken in by this being, and she wants her piece of revenge. There is no response particularly to Marion, because when she looks to Joan, Joan is green-eyed and growing, and she speaks in a hissing voice. You yourself have brought this, Kingfisher. You yourself have declared war upon the Eternal. A foolish thing. The Eternal is far larger than anything. As per its definition. And any opposition will be swallowed. And she unhinges her jaw. And oh is going to try to eat its physical form. Okay. Going to eat a god that is on fire. That is amazing. Yes, very good. Uh, no, I mean, Ghoul allows me to eat anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Um, Have you tried eating the empire? <laughs> that's. I feel like that's next. He's starting one bite at a time. Um, I will say desperate, and I will say yes. You can do this. This is actually. Yeah, desperate, great. You can absolutely eat this physical manifestation of this god using your ridiculous snake powers. Yeah, and I'm also pushing myself for monstrous because I don't think it would be possible otherwise yeah. to eat it like, fast enough. Makes sense, yeah. Also, with extreme effect, um, you will consume it entirely, and that will have effects. Then with great effect, you will eat it. You will be done. If you're pushing for a fact, you get extreme effect. Well, I mean, then we can talk about that. Yeah, so pushing for extreme effect. Yes. Do you want an assistance? That's, that sounds re that sounds would be appreciated. I do have stress left over. I won't be able to protect you or anything, but I'm leading people out. Mm -hmm. But it was established that I'm leading people by mostly ordering them, so Vickers is not carrying anything. So she sees Freya come out and she sees this, like, poor, like, starved girl who's been basically abused by this god, right? And some of her anger comes back through all her discipline. And I will mark my last load to draw my fine pistols, turn towards the burning kingfisher as Joan approaches it, and just squint and shoot it in the head. It Excellent. probably won't kill it or anything, but it's a distraction. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Um, I'm going to make this a skirmish as she tries to just like wrestle it. She becomes as large as it or uh -huh. approaching its size. It's like a large person size, right? Yeah. Um, and she's just going to try and wrestle it and then have a ridiculously large mouth. Yes. Very good. So skirmish with a die from assist. Uh, is there a devil's bargain? Oh, my God. Um. The devil's bargain is that Marion will never forget that this is now who you have become and that a clock you're working on that, that says an understanding with Marion, which is eight ticks long, will now become 12 ticks long. This is not an easy thing to, you know, try and yeah. rewrite. I have an alternative. Okay. So you're trying to eat a god. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm pretty sure stories about this will filter out, and the Rakshasas are going to pay you a visit. That is also cool. Wonderful. I'll take that one. Okay. We haven't seen them on screen. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I am up for introducing a new, a new element. Yeah. Now that we destroy one faction, let's uh, make friends with another one. Yeah. All right. So skirmish with two bonus dice. Mm -hmm. Desperate extreme. Oh my god! Two sixes. Two sixes. Fantastic. Wonderful. So beyond extreme. Six to two. When John gets hangry, I mean... nothing stands in your way. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love this. Uh, I think, I genuinely think the best way to um, demonstrate like a beyond extreme thing here is that we should just come up with a new special ability that you now have, having like completely and utterly consumed this god. Um, Seems fair. Because, I mean, it's two sixes on an extreme, right? I think you should have the ability to reach into people's soul, reach into people's bodies and plug their souls out. Oh my god, that's... Oh dear. That's a lot. I, I think <clears throat> my suggestion for a special ability would be something like a royal mean, yeah. or mien, or however you say that, where you can just seem... Like, because this thing can make anyone seem like a royal, and I think it would be cool if you just have that ability now. I, I was like... also thinking about, like, that, but I was also thinking about... Uh, royalty being a continuous cutting motion and i was wondering whether there might be something interesting in like the way that like uh the kingfisher seemed to like pluck the souls out of people but also yeah. like reshape them right i think all of these things are cool we can come up with it later but do note down a special ability i think yeah, it's a cool absolutely yeah. um hyron's scion playbook has an ability that i think is perfect but let's talk about that later yeah okay so i think just going back to the thing of like, what does this taste like? Um, <laughs> have you ever, like, I think so the really uh, incredible mutton kebabs that like you get in like Uttar Pradesh are like, like juicy and spicy and like always a bit Moorish. They're always a bit like, wow, I can always have another one, right? And I think. <laughs> Eating this... You can't just describe delicious food to a Dutch person. That's just like... <laughs> Are, in the I'm more <laughs> amused by how you are determining that God tastes like a kebab from Uttar Pradesh. I mean, <laughs> I have genuinely eaten those kebabs <laughs> and thought, oh my God. So really, it's just the same logic operating the other direction. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if, uh -huh. if it's a kingfisher, shouldn't it taste a bit like a roast... Uh, some kind of, I don't know, quail or something. Like, you know, really... Savory and yogurt sauce, you know that. Kind oh of man, yeah, good. sure. Why not? I've never had that, but that sounds right. incredible. 
Um, I made partridge the other day with mustard and tarragon and cream sauce. Uh, incidentally, is Abbas be, is Abbas still like passed out in this cave or has already? Been oh, no, no, he's been it? rescued for sure. Like, I mean, he's not still passed out. You're part of the everyone who's been rescued. It's up yeah. to you whether Abbas can walk and is just like zoned out, or whether okay. he's being carried. But I was just wondering if, like, if he's at all aware of what's happening with Joan and this Kingfisher, he might, like, in his uh, pastel, like, you know, uh, semi-conscious state, say something like, "You see, Mira, even though the Kingfisher lives up in in a tree, the snake can climb up and eat, eat it in the n- nest." <laughs> 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 Incredible. That's probably utter something utterly uh, eldritch and incomprehensible in this form. <laughs> Amazing. Oh god. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and so yes, it it tastes delicious. And Marion just watches you do this, like completely, like just no blood in her face whatsoever. Like, what the. F- and you can see that, like, literally the fear of God is in her now. Because apparently, having left the revolution, you have now become some kind of eldritch snake thing. That eats ghosts and things. And you see her just, like, stumble backwards and fucking leg it. Like, just run away from you. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Gotta have to go and reconsider being my rifle, I guess. No, I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. Uh, All right. Really amazing. Fantastic. And that's that's I think like where all of you kind of like are able to leave the leave the grotto, get onto your little boats, sail back to yes. the vest. And maybe that's the shot that uh-huh. we end the score on, is all of you on these boats in various, like, yes. um, in various states of, like, harm. Mm-hmm. I would like to uh, inform you, Miras, that we may or may not have a daughter now, depending on what Freya oh decides to God. do. But <laughs> I am 100% on board for adopting her. I was like, what? Uh, did the shrine builder get your... What? Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I mean she's big enough; she can handle herself. She's not an actual child, but I do think Vickers got very protective of her there. Oh, that's so. very fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I now have eight stress and level three harm and level one harm. I think Miras might. Uh, I might not play Miras for a session or two. Mm-hmm. I have to think about another character. Should uh-huh. we take a break or something? Um, as we kind of think about things. And Tree, can I just have another character sheet before we go? Is Miraz now gone forever? No, no, no. He's just going to have a little nap. Yeah. Okay, so we just saw a few absolutely mad things occur. Um, Apparently, and I think that this this probably has effects in Scovlin that we are never going to see. But apparently, like all of the powerful ghosts of all of Scovlin royalty for the last like several centuries have all been destroyed. Um, and I'm sure that there are some cults in Scovlin that have like for the last like few months been a bit like, oh, it's weird that we can't get in touch with them, but like. 
we suspect they exist. And now it's like, nope, all of Scotland and royalty, all of the ghosts have disappeared. This is a big coup for the Empire, is what I'm saying. To be fair, it's not like they were fighting for Scovland. They were fighting for some sort of twisted, fucked up, forgotten it's god. True. So it's not like we caused this problem. Yeah. We just kind of changed the nature of it. <laughs> sure, Miras would be very happy when he finds out. Correct. That we struck a blow for the Empire. Very true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that, like, so we come back to uh, the temple. We see, well, Miras is like. Extremely badly hurt. Oh no, Miras is not coming back to the temple. He is—he's being hospitalized immediately. Yeah, okay, very fair. The, the good thing is he, he is unconscious and cannot complain about this. So we don't have to play it out. But I'm leaving him with my trusted doctor. Excellent. I think as soon as you bring him to uh, Amitav, Amitav will be like, "Oh, is he back again? His appointment wasn't ready for this week yet." Yeah. 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 And I think that's probably when you find out that I've been seeing Amitav secretly without telling. Yes. Him. Yes. Excellent. Uh, excellent. <laughs> I also think, actually, and I think we don't have to have a scene, but I do want to sneak in a cool detail about Amitab, uh, which is he is a traditional doctor. He is like, you know, uh, a yogi or whatever, just as much as he is a medical professional. And I think he will notice that something is up with Miras being, you know, in touch with his past incarnations. We can define later what that will be, but he definitely will figure something out. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Um, I also think that, like, if you do this, we also see Zajidan regularly coming to the hospital, right? Because he's very worried. In fact, that's a scene that I maybe we should see. Yeah, I want to see that. When you come back to the temple with Freya but without Miraz, Zajidan is like, uh, "Oh my God, you seem Are you okay." I wait. Where's Miraz? I think like he's smart enough to know that like yeah. you are not like heartbroken. You're not yeah. like your son is dead, but he's definitely concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think Vickers will look at him very seriously and say, "Oh, uh, he's, he's, Amitabh is seeing to him. I'm afraid he had a nasty fall. I didn't quite see what happened, but uh, I, I do believe he saved Cousin Joan's life. Vickers will say, and look over to Joan, because, yeah, Vickers was actually very confused about what yeah. happened there. Yeah. Do you explain what happened? I wonder if Joan is a little out of the Um Yeah, makes sense. I think she just says in a somewhat distant voice, uh, he is outside now. Ah, uh, yes. Baker says as if this is a perfectly normal thing to say. Zajidan will say, hey, what? what do you mean? Where's my son? Oh, he's with the doctor. Amitab, you know. Like I said, he had a nasty fall, but Amitab assured me he's going to be all right. Oh, I knew you were going, what was it? Some word you used. Lunking? That's what you were doing, right? Yeah, I think Vickers actually looks troubled at this, and she she says, "Yes, it it does turn out it's more dangerous than I thought." I'm I really am very sorry, but well, he's all right, or he will be. I hope. I'll be the judge of that. This is, and I think he uh, looks at Abbas and says. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose you just watched him do whatever lunking he was doing and didn't stop him. You're a terrible influence, Abbas. Ah, uh, well. Hmm? You know, I think like he, he's just being like uh, hurtful <laughs> in a kind of unthinking way because he's very stressed. He says, um, you're a terrible influence, Abbas. 
So I was with, I think I said, is this Abbas has a like kind of weak spot for Zadichan? He's like, ah, no, bhaiya, it's not like, it's not like that. It wasn't, we were, wasn't meant to be uh, dangerous. It's just, uh, we were just trying to look after the, 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 the Scotland guests we had. We were just trying to make sure that they were, uh, everything was okay. And one, one thing led to another. And, uh, but he's fine though. He's he's okay. You know, he's a, he's a he's a tough boy. He's... I I do think you'd better go see to him. It mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt for him to have his father there. What do you mean looking after the Skovlander guests? I thought you were on some kind of hiking picnic something. What do the Skovlanders have to do with this? Oh, uh, yes. Um... Just, uh, just, uh, just meeting up with them at this, uh, this uh, picnic. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like, if you want to try and lie to him, it's gonna have to be a roller. Like, it's not gonna. No, no. I, uh, and I think from my performance, Abbas is not very yeah. good at lying to yeah. his brother. No, I have an idea. If I may, I think. So in the break, I've decided that my alternate character is going to be Freya. Uh, that's what I'm doing now. So Freya. Kind of was kind of like being a little bit shell shocked, kind of probably like kind of like uh, making herself very small. Kind of pipes up in a voice that's like completely at odds to the very regal, confident posture that she had had as we had seen her last under the influence of the Kingfisher. Now she kind of like uh, says, "You are, uh, you, you are his father. He, yes, he." It seems that my, my my friends they don't want to say uh, because they, they you would naturally worry. It seems that some of my friends and I we we we're Scovlanders, you see. We're from the we're from the hospitality ghetto. We were exploring the caves as well, and um, your family, your son especially. Uh, well, we were lost and uh, we were in danger, and then they rescued us, and it. Uh, he got hurt a bit, uh, but I, I'm sorry that this happened happened to him. Well, well, uh, at the expense of my my safety and my friends, but uh, it, it's it's that it's just that, and uh, I'm sure he they don't want you to worry. That's why. Yeah, yeah, I think that could work. Um, I think what Jason says um, he's always so. Kind, too nice to send him away to Squall, maybe see if he can come. Just okay, fine. Just I'm gonna go see him. And I think he, he's just like muttering to himself, like, he there's no, there's no even like logic or like, like, like through line here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's just like so shaken up, and he can't imagine like his only son, like, you know, being in a hospital who knows where he mm-hmm. is, all this stuff. Yeah, I think Vickers will nod at him and she will turn to Freya and the other people and say, like, right, I suppose we'd best get you situated since you don't have that cave to live in. Let me take a moment to show you around. And of course. Yeah, and I think she will do so. And if I may have the spotlight just a little bit longer, I think we see Vickers, like, go through the, the entire motions of getting everyone settled. They'll be like, everyone will be fed, then everyone will get a bed, and so on. And then she will excuse herself after quite a lot of work, and she will return to her and Mirasa's room. 
And the camera will see her step inside with this determined look on her face. And then she will turn towards the altar in our room. And there's a very heavy sigh coming over her. And she turns towards the wheel and says, Right then. I suppose I haven't been the best at this. And then she will pick up some incense and she will kneel down and she will pray. And there is genuine desperation in her face as she uh, prays. Uh, because yeah, she does not show how worried she is in public, but she is very uh, worried. Very far. And I think this is the first time she has actually properly prayed to the Chakraborty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, normally Miraz does that. He's the priest. Absolutely. But... And unfortunately, uh, as you have been shunned, there is no way that like, you get any response. But, you know. I know. But fortunately, Vickers doesn't know that. <laughs> she, is, she has no attune. Yeah. It is, you know, prayer is not about changing the mind of God. It is about changing yourself. And this is precisely what she is doing in this moment. Oh man, yeah, one hundred percent. What a uh, Joan and oh, yes, I know actually what is happening to Joan and potentially Abbas if you're you're around, which is that yeah, uh, your cohorts Padma Priya and Padma Mukhi are gonna find you, Joan. Um, and they have also over the last weeks and months been turning slowly more snake-like, and um, they will approach you. I don't have to see that, like, right now. Uh, I just wanted to flag this because I thought about it during the break, and then I forgot. So I'm just bringing it back. What are uh, Abbas, and, uh, are Abbas and Freya doing? Would you be, like, showing me around and talking to me, or would you be too worried about Miraz and kind of not care about this Kovlander kid? I think Abbas would be worried about Miraz, like, you know, all, when all said and done, Miraz is his family, and I think he also feels guilty from uh, what, uh, like, Zajan uh, t- saying that he has a bad influence on Miraz. I'm showing you around is probably Maud. Um, because I suspect Johannes is also in laid up with Amitab. Because uh, they were also very badly hurt. Maud is more or less fine. And they, like, she doesn't have anywhere else to go except the temple. Oh, unless you're going to kick her out. Um, is returned. If you want, like, that's, I think that's where your familiarity with the temple is going to come from, is with Maud kind of, like, describing it to you, and then, like, taking you to, like, she and Johannes were staying, and, like, those quarters, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think Maud is the person okay. who's going to be kind of, like, helping you, because at the end of the day, you were, like, had that connection, and so on, so. Yeah. I wonder how awkward as fuck this it's is. Pretty awkward as fuck. As we uh I think um Freya, who's kind of blinking around and you can see that in her movements she's like a little bit she's trying to figure out how to use limbs. They're not like falling face down, but like it's like, you know, someone who's had to go through like physical therapy, for example, right? You know, very like, oh, I can do this, I can do that. Um, and I think um, there's also as she kind of like steps, as she kind of like steps near, like I don't know, let's say there's a very cold part of the temple. She kind of like shivers 
unexpectedly hard as the like you know she hasn't felt cold like actually she herself hasn't felt cold in a while and things like that um like the, all the physical sensations she's kind of like taken up with it um but there's also an an element of like avoiding speaking to mod until i guess we get to the point where I don't think the temple has like massive amounts of guest quarters, to be honest. So I think I'd probably, for lack of like anywhere else to go for now, I'd probably be in Maud's yeah. room, right? Maud and Johannes' room. I feel like it's kind of like and a dorm down. that's been like empty. So yeah. there's like enough room, like a few beds, and you can just sleep there, but it's not like particularly nice. It's nice enough. Yeah. And I just sit there, and after a while, I just look at Maud, and I'd very uh, quietly say, "I'm sorry." I think Maud, uh, whom we have always known as a, as a remarkably like patient and kind person, uh, turns to look at you and says. really got into, didn't it? Uh, for sure. When the name is said, Freya kind of like visibly kind of like jolts and then kind of looks distant. And how far away is Maud now? Like, uh, I guess I'm sitting on um, what I guess is now my uh, bed. I think Maud is probably like curled up on her own bed. Uh, so maybe like 10 feet away. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, Freya doesn't really respond and kind of just turns away, um, kind of like curls up on her own. And I think like uh, if Maud kind of looks around, like uh, very shortly, she will see that Freya is like visibly shaking and sobbing. I think Maud will end up and then like next to you and not like really give you a hug and simply like be around you because I think she's not sure the physical contact is something you want, or whether it will just like freak you out more? I think she will say it'll get better. Got out. Got out. All of us, because of what Vickers did. Mm-hmm. It'll get better. Mm-hmm. I think Freya kind of like. So there's obviously the element of like, oh my god, I've just been through something fundamentally traumatizing and now i'm safe and also this person is someone i have hurt sort of but wasn't really anyway that kind of thing which is like you know the emotional level of like why she's shaking and crying but i think also her eyes are kind of open and her mind is searching Mm -hmm. her mind is searching and she will I think, like, I'm going to roll fortune here because I don't know what this would be, right? I don't know what the nature of this interaction mm-hmm. would be. I'm going to roll fortune at okay. because the former vessel of a god has just arrived at the Sisna's temple. <laughs> and uh, the eternal one, or, it's, and it's, or at least its avatar, has rejected us. <laughs> but surely, I can't just show up here with the mind that I have without something happening. Without some connection, yeah, for good or so ill. we'll see. So I'm rolling for fortune to see how 
wanted slash unwanted AM or how fucked AM? A one, a four, and a one. So it's four. a four, which is not total fail. Um, yeah. I think that you understand that uh, the attention of the god upon this place is not as laser-focused as it might have been. And because of that, there is a little space for you. Um, but if the god were to return in full force, you're not sure what would happen. Mm-hmm. I think Freya is just visibly shaking as uh, she realizes that she is essentially a mouse in a snake's cage. Yeah. Yeah. I think Maud... As, as to the question of like uh, whether Maud should uh. touch me or not, I think what Freya would benefit the most from right now is a big uh. hug. However, I don't think Freya is understands that what she would benefit from the most in the world is a big hug and will not But I think Maud is a good enough elder sibling that like she will I think like when Maud sits next to you and realizes that like the reaction is not oh no stay away from me but oh this is nice she will wrap you up in a big hug and she will say it'll get better um she will kind of like find herself to some extent and Freya first came to the temple, she was the one telling Maud that everybody would be okay. And that was based in a kind of like this divine like conviction, right? What is happening here is actually much more mundane and much more day to day. Actually, because of that, maybe even more beautiful and profound. Mm-hmm. I think Maud is kind of like to you that you can be her family um, very differently than Freya said to Maud. Freya was still under the influence because what is saying that it's not about you know royalty or blood or whatever. It's about like we are choosing to be each other's family. All right. I'm happy to let the scene go there. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their given names and taken. Saumitri called Tree, Zoheb called Klau, Prince, Emma, and Adyat called Soap. Intro music Jalandahar by Kevin McLeod. Outro music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusrinivas. Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by Johnstone Metzger. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune at gmail.com. Support us at ko-fi.com slash desperateattune. writes furiously in her notebook. Her mind is ablaze with ideas, each more wild than the last. She cannot keep up. She recalls little of the conversation with the Eternal One. He who speaks flame. The end that begins. 
the more she thinks of it, the fuzzier it gets. But she knows what has happened. She has spoken to a god. Not just spoken to him, berated him for the crime he has committed against history. One such as he need not remind himself what has happened before, but lesser mortals require records and remembrances. She spoke so fast, unhesitant, without any sense of restraint, and so found herself looking into the eyes of something that could crush her without a second thought. So it showed her. It showed her secrets, mechanical and magical. It showed her what a paltry thing it had eaten, compared to the wonders of yesteryear and the excellences of time to follow. She thinks it was meant to cow her into submission. It succeeded, briefly. She cannot recall how it came to converse with her or where they were before it occurred. She found herself in her own room in Golampit, feeling like she had been set ablaze by the well itself. An impossible urge to fly to the temple of the unceasing whale and prostrate herself before the altar possessed her. She would have done so, had she not noticed what the god had also done. Her prosthetic hand, her pride and joy, the reason that she had been officially accepted as an apprentice of the guild, that had changed as well. It had become a thing that she had only dreamed of, a device fitted to her like a perfect ball in a perfect socket. It no longer thrummed like it used to, and as she examined it, she realized that it had been improved. No, perfected. Then she had been overcome by a dark fury. She took the prosthetic off, determined to smash it to pieces. She had made something, something of herself, something for herself, and the arrogant, thoughtless god had replaced it. Then she saw the maker's mark on it. It was her own, of course. This was something she had made, that she never recalled making. The Eternal One had reached into a past that never existed and pulled out something that had been crafted by her own two hands. The prosthetic and the real. Arrogance. And yet the insights in this single hand could power a generation of Chandlers. She writes. In the darkness, a god watches perhaps.